Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff. Um, hey. Well, you know, normally we we talk about basketball whenever we, <laughs> even when we shouldn't, first. And we, but right now I'm so mad that I think we should talk about signing day first, which is probably going to get more downloads anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. so this is podcast versus everyone uh, episode. What is it? One fifty one. 151, like your favorite alcohol. I wish I had some of that right now. I honestly do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd probably drink it. This is the, uh, I'm Craig Powers. With me as always is Jeff Newser. And this is the early signing period for signing day edition yeah, of, yeah. uh, of podcast versus everyone. And probably, I mean, given how this is some of our, probably our, one of, Probably since they implemented this early sign day, our lowest number of oh, signings. Oh, yeah, by, so, by a mile. So actual signing day will probably be even bigger this year. So um, it, it, it should be uh, should be interesting. But hey, Jeff, I know that hey. you spent a lot more time on this class than I have. Um, so I want to start with some of your kind of overall thoughts on the, what, 11 guys they had signed today? 10 guys that signed today? 10 guys that signed. 10 guys. Um, and only one on the commit. Um, so, yeah, 10 guys that signed today, ranked ninth overall by two in the Pac-12, by not overall, in the Pac-12, uh, by 247. Um, and 72nd nationally, which is one of the lowest in a while. Also, this is definitely not a complete class, so that could change. Yeah. Both of those things could change, hopefully for the better. Um, but yeah, Jeff, um, obviously there was a couple, uh, surprises in the last couple days, uh, for this class. Uh, one in particular that was pretty welcome. So, um, go ahead and, uh, and get, give me your, your broad thoughts here. Yeah. I mean, it- it's tough to know. So obviously some of some of the deal with only signing uh those 10 guys, you know, some of that deals obviously what what we went through with with Rolovich and right. um you know as, as we know kind of looking back, you know, we had a long long period where nobody was signing, right? And uh so we or, or nobody was committing. Um and then, you know, a little bit a little bit lately. I, so it's 
I'm not sure exactly how much to read into only signing 10 guys. There is one other guy who's committed uh, who did not sign today. Um, when you said that it's the early signing period, oops, note the early signing day. It actually is the early signing period. Like I think I, I want to say it goes on for a week or two. Um, so in theory, you know, this other guy could sign at some point, but, but I mean, most people send it in on the day. The day of, and I, you know, I'm not sure how much to read into this shit, you know, as far as like, okay, we didn't sign that many guys. Okay. Way less than we typically do. Like last year, I think we signed 19 on signing day or something like that. I think the year before it was 18 or 19. So, um, it's typically, you know, close to 20 for, for WSU at least. Um, but there's like these factors, right? Okay. So we mentioned, you know, Rolovich was, you know, part of that. Um, you know, so now we got, you know, new coach and one of the old coaches, but you know, now he's the head guy and you know, okay. So there's that, um, you know, there's also the sense that, uh, you know, perhaps the, um, you know, COVID stuff is like the roster scholarship COVID situation is messing with the numbers. Right. Um, I haven't gotten a clear answer on kind of how that works. Um, somebody in the, in the thread, I have no reason to, to doubt this person. Somebody in the, in the comments of, of the, you know, the, the post that was tracking the signings said that, you know, that, that the ability to go over 85 was like a one year exception, even though we still have guys who will be taking extra years for like four um, years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now the NCAA could change it up again and, you know, whatever. So, um, but if they don't, you know, I, I assume we have to work on the assumption that they're not going to do that. Um, so, you know, perhaps WSU is kind of holding back a tiny bit, um, in terms of, you know, filling out the class where, you know, normally you would, at this point, you'd be kind of, you know, filling out with some guys and you'd see some late commitments and things like that to kind of, um, you know, fill it up we don't see that. So, so maybe they're just kind of being cautious. I think, um, the number of commitments in, you know, just across the PAC 12 are kind of down anyway, um, for everybody, um, not just us. So I, my sense is maybe that's part of it. Um, the other part is, you know, I, I, I also think everybody's not really sure exactly how things are going to go with the transfer portal. Um, you know, exactly what the fallout is going to be from that. Um, as you know, we've reached a point where when people transfer, they get to play immediately. Um, it makes sense that, you know, maybe a program like WSU kind of holds back a little bit, um, doesn't, you know, fill up their class and, and maybe they make sure they have lots of space. Uh, for guys, and and the honest truth is, you don't even necessarily know what you would necessarily need in the transfer portal. There's a couple things that we can readily identify that we would need. Um, I think offensive line, you know, is is really obvious. Um, you know, losing Liam Ryan, losing Abe Lucas. Okay, right. great. You know, that's that's and then Cade Beresford transferred. So, yeah, offensive line's a big one. Uh, linebacker probably trying to add a linebacker. I think we're trying to, we're recruiting a, a line transfer linebacker from Nevada. Um, so I, you know, I assume linebacker, um, you know, so running back, maybe you'd like to add a running back, you know, so th there's all, all that stuff. Right. But what if, what if all of a sudden, you know, somebody transfers that you're not expecting, right? Like what if, you know, a wide receiver transfers, right? And like all of a sudden you think, okay, we're okay. Wide receiver. And now, wait a minute, we're not okay. Um, 
you know, I, I, I just wonder how much of this is just flexibility. So I guess that's all like a really long, long roundabout way to say, uh, that I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I don't think it's anything to feel like is concerning. Um, I think the quality, I'd be more concerned if the quality of the commits was bad, uh, but they're not, they landed, you know, uh, tight end, a tight end. Uh, yesterday, as we're recording this on Wednesday night, on Tuesday they got a commitment from a, a tight end who's a borderline four-star kid. So, um, you know, and the linebacker, Tariq uh, Al-Ukta, uh, I think is, is how you pronounce it, um, he seems to be very, very good. I just think the overall quality is fine. Um, so I'm not I'm not super concerned. All right, so there you go. That's, that's kind of my overall take on it. Yeah, so um, it, yeah, it, it just feels weird to talk about such a small class uh, and yeah. like you said, and, and it doesn't feel done at all. And there's, it's this early signing period is very strange. Um, it, it doesn't, it seems definitely for, to benefit the coaches more than the players. Um, and it, it doesn't like it, there's so much time. So many things happen in the off season with roster churn at this point. Like you said, like you don't know what's going to happen. So it it's weird that we have all these guys that sign um, in December uh, before the season is even really over for mo- like over half the teams in the country, and and before uh, you know, and it's it's just. I think some of it came about because, you know, you had a rise of players who were um, graduating high school early and, and coming uh, to school early. And so they were actually coming to school before the traditional signing day. And so this kind of gave them an opportunity to uh, kind of normalize signing before that period. And so, but now it's just become come the big signing day. This is, definitely more of the you know more of the commits happen that you know, sign now than they do in February generally um, and now it's you know February becomes a transfer portal time or whatever um, so yeah it's it's just weird to um, assess it but you know I'm, I'm with you there's there's definitely especially the top end of the class solid players pac 12 players um, you know just that one offensive lineman, is a, is a kind of scary. Uh, it's we've went from having way too many offensive linemen on the roster to you know kind of just about what you need, but not really sure what the talent is on those guys because they really haven't shown been able to or yeah even been able to show much. Or maybe you're a little concerned that you know like Liam Ryan held down that left tackle spot for a long time. Um, after moving out from guard and, you know, was fine, but like never, you know, not, not super outstanding, but in the, like one play he took off in the apple cup, his, his backup got like absolutely abused. Right. So, yep. I mean, that it doesn't, the, the like you, you mentioned the transfer portal offensive line. I don't know how often, like, it just doesn't seem like offensive line is a huge transfer portal position um i it doesn't seem like we've picked up any guys in the transfer portal from offensive line you you get like juco transfers and stuff but 
Um, so maybe there, there's some in there, but yeah, going into next year, uh, it feels like we're, there's definitely a risk of offensive line going from being a strength uh, to a weakness. And, um, and we only picked up one guy so far in this class um, to maybe help that. Uh, you yeah. know, a couple safeties, uh, uh, wide out, uh, you know, one linebacker. I mean, it's just when it's so small, it's like you're not going to see a bunch of guys yeah. in one position. Um, but obviously the tight end, that's – that's a clear marker of a of a change in uh, in offensive philosophy. Um, you know, obviously, we talked about how Eric Morris is an air raid disciple, but but willing to use a tight end. He's not a pure air raid like Leach, and it's good that they went out and got a big athletic dude to fill that role. Um, so, you know that that's good. Uh, I did hear they played a little interview, uh, Jake Dicker with uh, during the basketball game halftime today, um, and I liked how he said, you know, he he still wants to play fast on offense, have explosive offense, and and be multiple. Um, so I think he at least thinks about offensive success more than you know, rather than we want to control the clock, we want to be. In you know whatever uh, we want to impose our physicality, you know, which is what we were kind of afraid of. Um, so and then you know just signing, you know, going out and getting a an athletic tight end that doesn't seem like necessarily a blocking tight end. You know, it looks like a, a guy you're going to want to throw the ball to um, is pretty positive and and a, and a solid recruit that probably had more offers from power five schools and. Well, the rest of the class combined. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was that was a pretty exciting. Get maybe maybe you know if you want to be super positive, maybe a harbinger of things to come. Maybe maybe this staff that Dickert's putting together can bring in you know some some solid players and can win some battles. Um, so they, there's probably a promise of hey, we don't have any tight ends on the roster, and yeah, we're going to use a tight end. We're going to use a tight end in the offense. So guess what? You're playing next year. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, he's enrolling early too. So um, you know that's that's a good sign. I think um, he definitely is. You know when I watch him, uh, when I watched his his video, um, definitely light for you know pack pack twelve the rigors of pack twelve play. Um, you know he's six six, but he's two thirty. You know he probably needs to be two fifty, two fifty five, right? Uh, to be where two sixty, where to be where he needs to be. So, um, but you know the the things I saw out of him that I that I really liked was, um, you know he can really run, um, but he also you know is a really good blocker, like like a really good blocker, and you can see how you know when he gets bigger. Um, he's going to be really effective and he's going to be that, um, all around, you know, like type tight end that can catch, but can also block and, you know, can do some things. His technique's really good. And it's not just that his technique's really good, but he's also, um, you know, frankly, he's got a little bit of a mean streak. Like he, he likes to put guys on their backs and, um, you know, see, you know, you can see the desire with him when it comes to blocking. So he's really exciting. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's, when you watch the video, it's really obvious why, um, you know, he was the highest uh, rated guy in our class. Um, 
you know, had been committed to Oregon. Um, Oregon already has a bunch of young tight ends. Um, I kind of looked, I was like, oh, you know, I wonder why he flipped. I'm thinking, you know, was it just, you know, losing crystal ball or whatever? And, and, you know, when you went and looked, it was like, he, he was kind of moving into a situation that was, that was kind of, you know, stacked full of players, young players, especially talented players, um, where a guy like this is one of the most, you know, talented guys, uh, coming to our team, uh, going to Oregon would not, not yep. necessarily be the case. So, um, really excited to have him. I think that's great. Um, I don't know, you know, how much weight he can put on between now and next fall, but, you know, being on campus and eating our food and lifting our weights, uh, you know, I, I would assume he could put on at least 10 or 15 pounds. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe he'll be able to get himself into a position, uh, physically where he can, you know, truly contribute a little bit next year, because, you know, as you mentioned, right, zero tight ends on the roster, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, what else they do, you know, if they, again, if they try to try to go transfer portal to try and figure out if they try to convert, you know, maybe one of those edge guys that isn't, you know, playing a whole lot and, you know, try to make, uh, try Mm -hmm. to make one of those guys a tight end. Um, you know, there's a number of different directions they could go with that, but, um, but yeah, real clean slate there. And, um, I, you know, I, I'd be pretty shocked if that didn't, that didn't play into Mr. Dollar's, uh, decision-making, uh, matrix there to, to come to Wazoo. Is there anyone, um, maybe out of, you know, beyond dollar, uh, is there any other particular recruit that stands out to you as, as, you know, kind of maybe one of the more important guys in this class? Yeah, I think, um, so I'll, I'll give you a couple. Um, the, the guy, like I mentioned him earlier, but the, the guy I think who, um, could be special is Tariq Al-Ukta. Um, you know, he's a guy, they, apparently they call him, uh, they call him Buddha, apparently. <laughs> yeah, um, that. you know, that's, yeah. So, so that's a guy who, um, you know, USC worked hard to flip over the last month and they didn't. Um, you know, he stuck with his, his commitment. He had committed last February. So, um, you know, makes me think, you know, this is a guy who, um, you know, he's real good physically. He was selected to the all American bowl. We haven't had too many of those guys over the years. Um, so that's a very cool thing for him. And, and also for us just kind of signifying his, you know, overall talent level. Um, and then, you know, he just like, when you see a guy who committed and, and stayed committed through, uh, you know, a coaching change and, and all that time and, and everything else. Um, and he's coming from, you know, South Central Los Angeles up to Pullman. Um, you know, kind of, you put all that together and it, and it kind of makes you think that the guy really wants to come to Pullman, you know, that he really wants to, um, you know, get, get out and go somewhere else. Um, you know, and, and come on up here. So, so that, that's really cool. Uh, makes you think, you know, a pretty mature kid. Um, you know, lots of opportunity there to, to play. Um, I don't know. He's going to, I I don't think he's enrolling early, but I'm not positive about that. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know that he'll necessarily play a ton early, but, um, but I think he's a, he's a real good talent. Um, Ben Schlenbaker, Juvensky Schlenbaker. He goes by Ben apparently. Um, he, he also is enrolling early. He's a running back. Um, I love, love, love having him in the class. Um, largely because this is the kind of kid that always went to Washington. Um, didn't come to Wazoo. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's not, um, he's not a highly touted, you know, four star kid, but he's a, um, certainly sort of a high three star type kid. Um, you know, local kid and, and you just kind of, those, those are the kinds of guys who Washington sort of gobbled up, you know, they, they'd sort of 
give WSU a passing glance. They'd, they'd get some nibbles. Maybe even they'd commit to us. And then when Washington missed out on some of their higher targets, they'd, you know, be like, Hey, you know, we got a spot for you. And then they, they go to Washington. Um, so, you know, he's, uh, another kid who's been committed to us for a long time. Um, you know, was, was committed to us, you know, even before all the, all the coaching stuff and, and before Washington's coaching stuff and everything else. So, um, very exciting for him. And again, another guy who uh, potentially, you know, could play right away. I mean, we, we don't have a whole lot, um, going on at running back. We got, uh, Nakia Watson and, and, and then I don't know. Uh, so he might play. He's a big kid. He's six foot two twenty. Uh, so big kid bruiser, uh, good speed. Um, you know, he'll, he'll kind of remind people, I think of Dion McIntosh a little bit. Um, he's a little shorter, a little stockier, but, but similar kind of running style. And then another guy I'm really, really, really interested in, um, is actually Schlenbaker's teammate. So I said, I'd give you two. Now I'm giving you three. Uh, his teammate Leighton Smithson, um, played one year at Squalicum. Uh, mostly known for being a wide receiver, you know, played some quarterback, uh, you know, it's just like we, we kind of, you know, when he committed, we all went, Oh, okay. You know, he's kind of an, I don't know, an okay receiver, I guess, you know, like uh low three-star kid, just kind of like, all right. Okay. Um, they're going to turn him into a safety. And when you look at his athleticism and his frame, he's, he's 6'2", 180. So, um, you know, tall kid, but you can see him easily putting on another, you know, 20 pounds. And with his speed, um, he could be a very, very interesting, uh, very interesting uh, defensive back prospect. So, um, so that's another guy I'm interested in. Um, so yeah, those are the guys I do think of all the guys who are going to play right away. Probably you're going to see Sam Lockett first, <laughs> Sam Lockett's a Juco kid, uh, Gonzaga prep, um, walked on at Utah state transferred to city college of San Francisco, um, signed. He's, he's the lowest rated recruit in the class, but, um, but I think he'll, he'll probably, they, they may find a spot for him. I wouldn't be shocked if he backed up his, um, his old, uh, high school teammate Armani Marsh, uh, at the nickel spot, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, which players may be enrolling early according to two, four, seven, it's dollar and Schlembecker and then, uh, Hudson Cedarland, uh, six, four, yes. two twenty, yep. linebacker who, uh, did have offers from Minnesota, Oregon State, so he did have some. Uh, um, good. He also had an offer from Dartmouth, so he probably got good grades. Um, uh, so he's from Gig Harbor, which is an interesting uh, place, you know, to come from. Uh, um, yes, uh, you know, just just up, just over the bridge from me. Uh, but yeah, so you know, he he could potentially at a linebacker position. Um, it seems they were, uh, you know, in the guys that were early enrollers. It, it, it kind of seems there's some purpose there. Uh, you're looking at a tight end. We don't have those. And so yep. if we're going to have a tight end, the offense running back. Yeah. We're pretty light there yep. too. And then linebacker. Yeah. We just graduated our two mid- starting middle linebackers. <laughs> two guys who, who have played. started about 300 games between them. Yeah. Yeah. So like two guys have literally played more at WSU than any other players ever in the history of the school. And then now yep. they're gone. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it, it seems it's good that those three, those are the three positions, um, that are coming in, uh, and, and that are going to be here for spring ball and all that. Um, so it, that, that, that's nice to see. Um, 
and he's got size at least already. Um, you know, a frame to build, you know, put muscle on and, and all that. It, you're just curious to see if, you know, I haven't watched his film too much, you know, his speed or anything. Um, if he, if <laughs> well, let's be honest. You and I watching videos like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I don't know how much we take out of it anyway. So it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, they're bringing him in to see if he can crack the depth chart early. Um, he was rated a little higher by 247 Sports than some of the other sites. So he was, yeah, he was there's, more of a There's high a number star. of guys in this class like that um, where, you know, 247 had them as borderline four star kids. And then, you know, you see their composite quite a bit lower. So, yeah. Um, and, and I tend to. I don't know, man. The the composite, I, th- I think, is good. Um, but sometimes I'm also like, if 24-7 has them rated highly, I'm, I sort of raise my eyebrow a little bit because I think 24-7 does a better job than anybody in the country of sort of paying attention to the most number of kids. Right. Um, Rivals, I think, does a does an okay job, but they, they tend to really focus like Southeast and Texas and mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. Um and then ESPN obviously does a just kind of a shit job. Yeah, they they, they, they do the like maybe three hundred kids, kids or yeah, like they yeah. they don't even pay attention beyond that, right? Really. <laughs> and so, which you know, whatever <laughs> that's their, I guess that's their business model, right? Like you know, if they're if they're looking for you know a national type perspective, then, yeah, if, yeah, if, I mean, all those kids are going to your biggest you, programs. So if you look at this class on um, on uh, rivals. There are a lot of two stars. Yeah. So guys like Lockett, Smithson, Grays, uh, Seth, Cedarland, uh, they're all two stars on rivals. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, they don't cover the uh, the West Coast all that intensively. Um, and definitely not the state of Washington. Definitely not the state of Washington. Which is half which, of our class. Yeah, which, you know, if, if y'all think that is going to win the Apple Cup, then here's, yeah. here you go. Here you go. <sighs> We're never going to lose another Apple Cup. Yeah. That's how this is going to go. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just load them up. Babe, yeah, at least I will, if, I will if, say, I will say, by the way, you and I and, and others have sort of poo-pooed the, the rhetoric of, you know, we are going to recruit Washington. Um, but they, you know, they, they put their money where their mouth is on this one. Now, maybe some of that just has to do with the fact that Washington is, you know, a total mess right now. Um, you know, so maybe that's some of it, but uh, you know, they, they did. I mean, half the class is, is guys from Washington. That's, um, you know, that's, <laughs> it's, it's tough to argue with that, you know, when they say that, you know, cause we kind of go, well, yeah. That's an easy thing to say, but, you know, can you really pull it off? I mean, Mike Leach got to a point where he just, like, gave up recruiting Washington. He's like, you know, anybody who's any good is going to go to Washington, and anybody who's almost good is, you know, if they commit to us and Washington changes their mind, then they're going to flip. And and then anybody who's not very good, those are the guys we're probably going to get. So, you know, why even bother? Um, Dickard has said, you know, like a lot of coaches, we, you know, we're going to, we're going to recruit the state. And, and I think, you know, a lot of coaches say that in a lot of states, uh, but they did do it. So I don't, you know, I don't know what to, uh, I don't know what to make of that yet, but, um, but they definitely did do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, like a lot of the guys they got from Washington were the highest rated guys in the class. You know, obviously Schoenbecker was, 
pretty highly regarded and had an offer from UW and all that. Um, but you know, some of the other guys maybe are the guys you can typically get anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, but maybe, maybe it works out. I don't know. Like, you know, obviously we just, we just mentioned like, uh, depends on what recruiting service you look at two four like 24, seven, two, four, seven, they, they, they think more highly of these guys than rivals or, you know, does. So, which I think in some of those cases, rivals just gives two stars, anyone who's not evaluated. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I, it's, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's WC recruiting. Do we ever really get that excited? I think it's more of like, are we totally screwed? And I don't think we're, like you said, it's, it's nothing quite yet to freak out about, um, because of the roster numbers and because of, um, you know, there just might not be scholarships to give out. And, and also there's this looming transfer market. You, maybe you could pick up some guys from there. And plus there's a whole nother signing day coming up. So, um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I definitely feel better about this class than in the summer and, you know, early in the football yeah. season. So, yep. so this, it definitely came together a little better. Um, and then there's still time for them to put more together. Um, cause obviously, uh, uh, you know, you know, when Rolovich got hired, he put, he, he added a bunch of guys after the early signing period and stuff. So, yep. um, it's definitely, uh, definitely possible. Um, yep. so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. And, and yeah, the kind of the, the highest, the most excited I can get about WSU football recruiting typically is like, well, the sky isn't falling. So that's good. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah. We, we have recruits and they appear not to suck. So that's great. Um, as we look at like kind of filling out the rest of the class, uh, chance Bogan from your neck of the woods. Well, kind of your neck of the woods. Uh, it goes to Lincoln. Um, he has been predicted by Brandon Huffman. He's a tight end predicted by Brandon Huffman to end up with us. He had been committed to Washington up until last week, uh, decommitted from Washington, Ooh. picked up an offer from us. So that would be, that would be delicious, right? To flip a kid from Washington. Two, five, three, baby. Yeah, that would be okay. Um, so that's, you know, that's maybe a guy to keep an eye on. I'm just kind of looking at, you know, the Washington recruits, the, the, you know, the top guys. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said, like, um, you know, these, a lot of these guys maybe are guys that we get, um, a lot of times anyway. So, you know, it's, but it's good. I mean, it's, you know, we'll, we'll definitely go for it. And, and, you know, one thing that, and, you know, whatever, I mean, read into this, whatever you will, but, uh, you know, Dicker definitely made it a point. I listened to his, you know, radio interview with Chaz and now, um, you know, talking about it and, you know, he definitely made it a point to say, you know, these guys want to be kooks. They want to be kooks. They want to come there. And, you know, I mean, maybe that's just coach speak. You know, that's, it's possible. Um, but also at the same time, like, you know, I kind of remember Mike Price, you know, saying the same kinds of things, you know, back in the day where it's like, all right, you know, we, we got these guys and they're, they are us. They are, they are one of us. You know, Mike Price leaned hard, leaned hard into the idea of, you know, we are the Cougs and we do things different and we are different and it's just different over here. Um, you know, I, I don't know that anybody since him, um, has kind of leaned quite that hard, um, into that idea. And Dickert seems to be kind of trending that direction. Now, maybe again, it's just, you know, coach speak and it's, you know, he's, 
you know, he's, he's sort of maybe parroting an OKG kind of thing, you know, kind of vibe, right? Um, you know, we're looking for guys that, you know, fit in our program. Um, of course, everybody's doing that, right? But, um, he definitely, like I said, seems to be leaning into the idea that, look, we're Cougs, we're different, and, you know, we want guys who want to be here. Um, and these are guys who want to be here. So, you know, that part seems, uh, seems good, and I'm excited about that. And, you know, we definitely got our share of the in-state guys, and, um, you know, that was, you know, it was good to see. It was definitely good to see. And, um, you know, I think uh, Jacobus Seth is a guy we haven't really talked about. Um, he's from my, my brother-in-law. His kids go to this high school up in uh, Lakewood High School up in Arlington, Arlington slash Lakewood. Um, he's a guy, another guy who might be, you know, sort of underrated because he was uh, evaluated as a defensive line prospect, um, but he's going to play offensive line. So, yeah, when you look at these guys and you look at some of the lower recruited guys, the lower ratings, it's kind of sometimes you kind of see like, oh, well, I could see how, you know, that guy is, is maybe, you know, not not evaluated correctly. And when we look at those classes under Mike Leach that turned out so great that were sort of really the foundation, um, a lot of those guys were sort of misevaluated, uh, particularly guys from, you know, Samoa. We, we got all those guys from Samoa, you know, they ended up being really great players and they just, you know, nobody had seen them. So um, I think there's some potential for that in this class and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how the rest of it fills out. I mean, if they get 10 more guys and they're all from California, then all of a sudden it doesn't look like they recruited Washington that hard, right? Right, exactly. So we'll see. Yeah, so I guess that's that's all we can say about uh, yeah. these these 10 new kooks. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll uh, take, a, take a quick break here, um, and then we'll come back and we will talk about this fucking men's basketball team. God damn it. back well jeff uh what are you drinking to drown the sorrows of that loss that literally just <laughs> happened before we started recording <sighs> son of a in fact I, like as we were i was sitting there i was like eh, maybe craig will decide he doesn't actually want to record tonight or things got too busy tonight again and maybe we'll just like skip it for this and we don't got time the rest of the week to do it i, mean, I got i, I know got but i was just like yeah maybe days. we just maybe we just won't i don't know this is i don't really want to talk about this basketball game uh i am drinking uh only the tip which is a, a double ipa from uh from rainy days brewing out in paul's bow so uh my my family travels drives occasionally out to paul's bow my wife thinks that the uh that uh, Paul's bow is cute. So we'll, we'll go to Paul's bow occasionally. And, and so I'll stop by rainy days. Um, this is a double IPA, uh, brewed with spruce tips. Um, so it is, it's very piney. Um, in that, in that sense, it's got that kind of, kind of tree, <laughs> kind of that tree, uh, you know, flavor to it. Um, you know, very West coast, uh, very bitter, um, just kind of like, you know, really just classic IPA, um, kind of flavors that you don't normally get into many IPAs anymore. So yeah. And it's, uh, it was, it was sort of, it's, it's like a, I don't know, 9% or so, which was, um, 
you know, as, as far as the things I had in my fridge without cracking open something that was barrel aged, I was like, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll do the trick. Let's, let's get the nine percenter out after that basketball game. Yeah. I, you gave me a can of that. I don't think I actually drank it. I think it got thrown in a cooler, uh, for a baseball, basketball, football, mm. how about a football game, um, football, maybe. for a football game and maybe someone else drank it. So, um, <laughs> I, I, it, it, it no longer is in my refrigerator. That is all I can deduce happened. I did not drink the beer. <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sure they enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, I am currently, uh, decided to have not a 12 days, but a 13 days of floodland, uh, leading into Christmas. I was going to do 12 days, but I was sitting a couple days ago and I was like, eh, I'm just going to start tonight and I'm going to call it 13 days of floodland beer. Um, because I have a lot of it, uh, being a member of the brewery. Um, I, and I max out every allocation I could possibly buy because I just can't, uh, physically, I am physically unable, uh, to say no to any of the beer because I like it so much. So I have lots and lots and lots of bottles of Floodland. So what better to do than have 13 days of Floodland? Um, and you know, a lot of days I'll just have one beer. Uh, there'll be certain days like Christmas. I'm sure I'll have more, you know, when my, um, we're having like a Christmas dinner before Christmas with my sister and mom. I'm sure I'll crack open a few of those now that my sister, is no longer with child and can have uh, an alcoholic beverage. Um, she will be very excited to have have some uh, Floodland beer. Um, but the one I am drinking tonight is called Shiro. And if you know your plums, then that's familiar. Yeah, it's a yeah. It is it is a beer with Shiro plums. Um, so he always. Uh, dates the beer by the year that the fruit is from. So this beer is created using 2020 harvest Shiro plums, uh, grown that were grown organically at Fillory Fruit in Okanagan, Washington. Um, it is, it is, represents the harvest of a single old plum tree. Uh, so, so it is a, uh, a plum beer, um, very tasty, uh, like, Many floodland fruited beers, just delicious, uh, mildly acidic, so I can drink most of the bottle. I gave some to Amanda before I came on the podcast, but um, but yeah, so if you check out my Instagram, I'm going through those 13, so there's going to be a, I'm going to post a picture of a bottle of beer every single day, and it's always going to be a floodland beer, very exciting stuff, the content that you want, um, so yeah. get on over there at Craig W. Powers for the 13 wow. days of Floodland. Um, so, yes, Floodland I just beer. end up jealous, dude. Yeah, like you I, I just always end up like... It's very good. ...envious of all the Floodland. Yeah, you should because it's very good. <laughs> You're such a good friend. I know. <laughs> yeah, you should be jealous of me. I fucking rule. Yeah. I have all the good beer. <laughs> If all the beer. You work hard for that beer, though. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. You work. Hard. You drove up to Seattle to 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 get that Floodland, and so yeah, I have to yeah. pick it up. And, and 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 it's only like specific times, like so. Right. With every there's five releases a a year, and then you get basically two week two different weekends, in like there's like a five or six hour slot on those days of the week 
weekend. It's like a Friday and Saturday and sometimes a Sunday that you can pick up the beer. So I bet, so when I, you know, when I, if I didn't have kids, it would be a lot easier, but it's a lot harder when you have kids because you either have to take them with you or, or you have to be like, Hey, um, I'm leaving for five hours. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's at least like, it, it's, it's at least like two and a half hours to get up into Fremont where they are and come back down to Tacoma and hit the traffic in Fife. Uh, Cause that's the only thing that Fife is good for, I guess is traffic and good schools. I don't know. I don't know how those two things are related. Um, but those are two facts I know about Fife is that when you go through Fife on I five, it's a fucking mess. And also a lot of teachers like to teach there because it's a good school. Uh, yeah. that's all I know about five. Um, but, but yeah, so yeah, I have to drive up there and get it. I have to like plan it out. Can't just, can't just go buy it whenever. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Floodland, check it out, but you can't find <laughs> yeah. a friend, find a friend who has you a membership. Say, I was going to say, you can't say check them out. There's no way to check them out. Like if, if you ever, so your best bet on trying to Floodland is obviously one, having a friend who has a membership. Or two, uh, most often you'll see it on tap at the pretty much the only place that you'll regularly see it on tap is the masonry in Fremont. Um, yes. So uh, check their list. They may have a Floodland beer once in a while. So if you want to check and see what all the hype is about, because there is quite a hype. So I've been doing this, and then I get um, a DM on Instagram, and a guy says, Hey, sir. Good, good day. Sorry to trouble you. Are you the member of Floodlands? And so I get, I've got, I get that when I post the Floodland beers, I get people like in my, in my DMs or mentions like asking if I'll trade them the beer and I'll trade beer with them. I'll, I'll send them beer. And, and I, my answer is always no, I don't feel like doing that. Sorry. Like maybe if you yeah. live like within driving distance of me and you want to come pick up. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll trade, but I generally will not will not do that. Maybe if um, you want to drive to Tacoma. So, so uh, one of our listeners, Jeff, uh, knows I am very bad about sending beer because I uh, <laughs> still owe him beer from the Skookum charity raffle I did. Yes, uh, which we mentioned last week, like a year ago. So, yes, we mentioned last week. So, um, we'll continue mentioning it. Uh, because you know, I feel bad about it, but you all the beer it ages it ages fine. You know, it's in my cellar. It's at the right temp. It's good. You're good. Um, <laughs> I'm just aging it for you properly. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you're really doing it for him. So really, I've just that's, been trying to delay it. talking about the fucking basketball team because I'm, I'm mad right now and I don't want to be mean. Um, it's hard not to be right now. Yeah. Uh, just to cut. I mean, first we'll start off by saying. They were not at 100% at the two games this Saturday against South Dakota State and New Mexico State. You know, they they have obviously been uh, bothered by the flu, which has impacted quite a few guys on the team, it seems, including some very important players such as Noah Williams. <laughs> um, you know, they're still trying to get Deshaun back healthy. Uh, they're definitely not at a at, at full full speed right now, but still... These are two games that were there to win, and they lost them both in devastating fashion. Um, Both games where they seem to have control 
early in the second half and then ultimately let it go um, down the stretch. And that's it's frustrating. This has happened over and over and over again this team with this team. I think probably tonight against New Mexico State was the worst, um, holding an 18-point lead, 98.5% win probability, and letting that all go away in the final like 18 minutes of what was it was 16 minutes of the of of the half. Um, that's very frustrating. Uh, Smith himself afterwards said. Uh, paraphrasing basically said they're lacking toughness and that's all you can say like with it when it when a team continually does this when they take their foot off the gas whatever happens you know that they lose that intensity and they let teams back in the games and for a while there was they were playing a couple teams that weren't so good and they would still hold off and they would win the game um yep but now they're playing some better teams and that you know more around the top 100 Kempom ish area you know experienced teams teams that have been to the tournament teams that are going to the tournament teams that have transfers from big time schools and stuff you know um it there's just it that you you can't get away with it now and and that's what's happening and it's really frustrating it's so frustrating to see them just not have answers down the stretch over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and seeing the defense, you know, they switched to a zone for a couple possessions and switched out of it. They just see, like, see the defense, you know, kind of fall, fall apart a bit in the second half over and over again. It's like, that's, that's gotta be a, a focus intensity, a, a toughness there. Um, when your defense just stifles a team for the first 20 minutes and then, and then in in the next in the last sixteen minutes just gets totally run over. So I it's it's just so damn frustrating, man. I just like it's so frustrating to watch. And especially with this team certainly has the talent to be where we expected them to be, but they just don't have the toughness to to finish these games out like they should. Yeah, they've they've lost now. Four of their last six games uh, lost by five, by two, by three, and by three. So on the one hand, you can go, okay, those are all really narrow margins. Just relax, which, by the way, yours truly did just write a column on Monday that said, it's okay, relax. And this was after South Dakota State, right? And then tonight happens, and now I'm like, I'm having to fight the urge to not panic a little bit. Um, you know, just feeling like, you know, is the, you know, are the walls caving in a little bit? Is this, you know, are they, are they really not nearly as good as we thought? Like, I think the, where I'm trying to talk myself in, I think what I'm trying to talk myself into is number one, trying not to oversimplify the situation. Um, you know, because I think, I think, you know, you always want like sort of a magic bullet. Right. Like, oh, well, if they just do this better, um, well, the offense just looks stagnant and they need to do this better or, you know, they're shooting too many threes. They just need to get in there. I mean, I've said that, right? Like I, you know, you know, this, uh, you know, tonight I'm just like, oh my God, they shot 33 fucking threes. Like, come on. Um, you know, we're just, you know, South Dakota state, we did the same thing over 50% of our shots were threes. Like this is, I guess these are not like teams that, that, yeah, that, that should be no. able to stifle us inside. If you're shooting no. 30 threes against USC, sure. 
Right. But you know, if that's if that's all you got, if that's all you got left, okay, you know, we'll kind of go with that. But uh, you know, South Dakota State, New Mexico State. I mean, that, those are not anyway. So you know, it, it's it's you got to like. I think you got to resist the urge to be a little too trite because I, I think when you're losing by such small margins, um, all it takes is a couple of, or a handful of small things to stack up. And all of a sudden, you know, you've lost by three points. Right. So, um, and you know, and as we've talked about, you know, on, on the podcast before also, like if you don't want to lose a close game, then don't let the game be close. Right. Like, and that sounds again, you know, again, I'm trying to stay away from being trite, but, you know, that's, that, that really is the truth. You know, if you don't want to lose on a three pointer at the buzzer against South Dakota state, you know, don't puke up your double digit lead. If you don't want to lose by three points to New Mexico state and, you know, have your, uh, you know, your, your five, a five second call that seemed to be about 3.8 seconds be called on you while you're trying to inbound a baseline play, <laughs> you know, again, don't puke up an 18 point lead. Um, so there certainly is some of that. But also, you know, it's just kind of like they're, they're just, they're just a little out of sync. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the frustrating part. Like they are still trying to figure things out. And while you sort of want to go, well, the season's long and whatever, but it's, it's not that long. It's, you know, we're a third of the way through the season now, right? Like it's, you know, it's the middle of December and we are, you know, essentially 33% of the way through the season, um, you know, there's not that much time left to, to, to figure it out. So, uh, you know, little things that, that I'd like to see him do. Um, you know, I'd like to see the offense be, um, a little more fluid. I'd like to see people be a little more aggressive about getting into the lane. Um, that's, that's kind of my big thing. Cause I think there are guys who can do it, who are turning down opportunities to do it. Um, for, from time to time, I think, uh, I think Michael flowers, um, can spend more time probing the lane a little bit. I think TJ Bamba can spend more time, uh, getting into the lane. Um, I don't know if Noah really can. I think Noah's kind of doing what he can. He's taking his opportunities to get inside, but, um, you know, I, I just think that if things are going to open up for them offensively, they've got to make more of a concerted effort to, to score around the basket. And I think, I think if they're able to do that, that'll clear up a lot of things. And then you mentioned toughness. I I just, I really think they miss Isaac Bonton and you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't totally think that, but you know, I mean, these, these long scoring droughts have been a thing for three years. Um, You know, the difference between last year and this year is that, you know, the defense was, was so good that, you know, when they go through these long scoring droughts, like they had the ability to just sort of like, you know, buckle down and double down on just being really, really good and locked in defensively. And, you know, so you'd have these long droughts, but, you know, sometimes you'd, or a lot of times you'd survive them because you, you know, you, you weren't giving up a lot of points going the other way either. Um, this team, when they, when they, when they don't score, man, they seem to, they seem to start to panic a little bit and, and the defense goes to shit. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to watch and I I don't know I, I don't know how you coach more toughness into a team um, that that just seems like such a personality thing um, and you know maybe we expected maybe this is maybe this is the thing you know maybe we expected too much too soon yeah um, they are still a pretty young team um, and... and the experienced guys who came in you know flowers is he's done some really great things but he just is not He's not, he's not Isaac Bonton, right? He's not leading from the front. He's not demanding the ball. He's not, um, 
you know, just he he's just not that he's not the tone setter, you know, for the team. And, and you know, so, uh, you know, you're, you're looking to a little bit younger, more ex- inexperienced guys to do that. And it's not working so far. Yeah, it's, you know, for, for all, uh, you know, for all the, the steps Bamba has made, um, he he's still, you know, he still can attack the rim more. He's fallen in love with that three too much. A guy with his frame should not be at right. over fifty percent of his shots from deep. I don't care Absolutely. how many like I don't care how many you're making, man. Like yeah. and he's not he he's definitely regressed to the mean there. Uh yep. he's shooting thirty nine percent now. I could see him doing that. The fifty percent was a pretty wild. Um he's he's shooting tougher ones now. He you know. Uh, but yeah, he's at 38, three takes, three takes and 34, two takes. Like he, I mean, a guy with that looks like him with that strength and that ability yep. to get in the lane, yep. uh, you know, needs to be attacking the rim, honestly. But I mean, there's some part where maybe he's afraid to draw a foul, you know, cause he got a pretty bullshit charge called on him today. Yeah. And, you know, he's had trouble with getting called for traveling when he goes to make a move to the basket. So maybe some of that weighs on his mind. He's like, well, I don't want to turn the ball over. And they're so turnover averse, apparently, this year so far. But, you know, that all went out the window today. Yep. They turned 26%. the ball over bunch, 26%. <laughs> yeah. That was not a big possessions uh, game. Um what we were at uh, 66, you know, that's below average and to turn it over 17 times set 26%. That's real and bad. I'll also point out that New Mexico state uh, is even after tonight is 336th in the country in defensive turnover percentage. It's not something they try to do. We were just getting, and honestly, no, a lot we just of the, gave tur- the ball away. A lot of the turnovers were a bit like that. There were a lot of real bad, lazy passes like just at the top of the key, they turned the ball over like three times. Just the yep. just on like dribble handoff almost things, yep. and and and, and it's frustrating. You know, FA just got totally like freaked out when they doubled him early. Like he almost turned yep. it over once, and he threw it right away the next time. Um, and then they stopped doubling him, which was weird. I think because they were hitting threes. But yeah. yeah, so that's that's the thing. They're taking so many threes. You know, stretches where they, those don't fall. It, it's like it gets so frustrating. They did have a, a little stretch where they were just getting like a few buckets in the paint every other possession just to kind of stay afloat. Yep. And then Flowers hit a three to push it back to nine. And you're like, okay, maybe maybe they can survive this. But then after that Flowers three, that made it 56-47. That's when New Mexico State went on the kill run. And it, and it yep. seems like that's, that happens. Like this team gets to a certain kind of margin and then it's like, okay, we did it. We're there. Yeah. They feel okay. And, and then that may be fine against, you know, I don't know, like a Texas state or whoever the heck they played <laughs> season. But, but you know, it's, you know, against Alcorn state or, 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 you know, some other teams, but, the, or even winter, but like, but you, like New Mexico State 13-2 run right away at that point. Like it was they only went in the next 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 possessions they only went empty twice. 
So they went, they scored on five of seven. They scored 13 points in seven possessions. And they took the lead. And meanwhile, WSU scored in on one of those possessions over that time. And only scored uh, on... Only, only hit a field goal on one more, once more in the final five minutes. They, they had uh, one bucket, or no, there wasn't even a bucket. It was two free throws from Bamba. So they had, they had a free, two free throws from Bamba and one more free throw from Bamba, one out of two. And that was it. There was nothing. And Noah did his like thing where he's trying to do hero ball at the end because that seems to be what we're doing now. But he just when he's not shooting the ball well, which he is not yeah. right now, He's just yeah. not that much of a threat in doing that. Yep. Because he's got to get all the way to the rim. And and, and he did. I, I mean, down three with 15 seconds left. Why are, shoot, why are gunning for a lay-in? I don't know. Like, just go yeah, for the that three. Was, like, <laughs> that was a bad Why not decision. take the time to find one of your good three-point shooters a look? Like, Flowers. I mean, especially Flowers or, you know... I think Rodman was on the floor at that time. Maybe he wasn't, but yep. I, you know, you got some shooters on the floor. Oh, by the way, FA about a minute and a half left. I don't know. Hucking his Pumps first a wide open three, wide open three, his first look of the game from out there. He's just not shot it well from out there this year. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> Let's be honest. He hasn't shot it well from out there since like the first 10 games of last season. Like, like it's been, you know, the term fool's gold is sometimes used to refer to three point shots. Uh, I think that might be, uh, that might be the way to refer to FA's three point shot. It's, it's so frustrating. Like going, Noah going for two that down at the end. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rake Noah over the coals. He obviously was not well. Obviously not well on Saturday. Obviously not well today. Team needed him. He played hard, gutted it out. Like I'm not, I I'm I am a little bit frustrated that you know when it comes down to crunch time, it's just Noah puts his head down and does what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, eventually that that just that just doesn't really work out most of the time. Um, it almost worked against USC, but um, you know, does not has not worked. Uh, you know, has, has not led us to a victory, I guess I would say since, you know, Stanford last year. So, um, you know, that, that part's frustrating. Um, and like I said, you know, Michael flowers, I think is, is probably the best guy to do that. You know, if you need a bucket, I think he's the guy you want with the ball in his hand. Um, and yet he's he a, seems he's a good to, tough shot maker. He yeah. Can... He seems to defer though. Um, yeah. so I, I think on offense, you know, they, you know, one thing I wrote in my column was that they just the roster construction here is kind of funky. Um, and I think that we have, you know, been so enamored with the compiling of talent that sometimes we haven't maybe thought a whole lot, or at least I haven't. I don't want to project onto others, but I haven't thought um, a whole heck of a lot about, you know, how, how it's all going to fit together. I just sort of went, well, you know, Kyle Smith's awesome. He'll figure it out. Um you know, it, it's kind of janky, man. Like they, they don't really have a lineup that they can trust on both ends of the floor. Um, they, they, yeah. you know, they, they can either kind of go all offense or all defense. And, um, 
you know, right now, essentially, it seems like they've been kind of trying to cut the baby in half and um, it's actually not really working on either end. And so it's like, uh, you know, I, I said after the San Diego or San Diego uh, South Dakota State game that, uh, you know, Kyle Smith sort of had some hard decisions about, you know, what direction he wanted to go with identity. And in fact, you know, this week in general would have been a really good week to do that because if it was a typical finals week, they wouldn't have played tonight. Yeah. So I don't even know what was up with that either. Why yeah. they're playing, why they played a, a game in the middle of finals week. Cause they typically don't, uh, maybe it's just a, a scheduling quirk or something, but um, yeah. you know, you just kind of go, well, this would be a good week to, to get everybody healthy and reset. And then, you know, maybe rethink some things. Um, you know, they don't, they don't really have a break like that in, in, until Christmas. So I I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm sure Kyle Smith is sitting around saying the same thing. I'm sure, you know, the assistants are sitting around saying the same thing. We're not, we're not really sure. I think, I think the biggest thing they'd want is to be healthy. You know, no Williams sick, Terrell Roberts sick. Um, Jefferson Koulibaly hasn't played in two games for some vague reason. Deshaun Jackson has a hurt hand. Um, You know, that's, uh, we are deep, but we're not that deep. Um, You know, and, and I think the strength of the roster is being able to mix and match a little bit and, you know, kind of grab guys for, for, you know, times that, um, you know, make sense to use a guy and, uh, Deshaun's a guy we really could have used tonight. And he just clearly kind of wasn't, you know, wasn't able to, to, to do what, you know, we need him to do, uh, missed, you know, two bunnies around the rim and is, yeah, that's not him. I mean, early in the season, he was automatic. And, and since he's been hurt, you know, he's played through some injury, played through it a bit, and then they sat him a bit. Like, he's really struggled to finish. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, then, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they probably just want to get healthy. Maybe this whole thing is different. Maybe these, you know, tiny little margins are different if they're if they're healthy. Um, you know, but, I mean, you know, injuries are part of the deal, too. So, I, I don't know, man. Kel Smith's making a lot of money, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll figure it out. I think the thing that we're all most worried about is that um, they're they're sort of doing – irreparable harm to the um you know to the resume resume. yeah so i the biggest thing i think we can do is is really root for uh pac-12 teams to to do well with their remaining non-conference games um you know particularly you know oregon plays baylor uh i'm trying to remember there was another one that was that was fairly big um on the 22nd colorado plays somebody um plays somebody real good i'm trying to remember who but um, but yeah, so like Colorado winning that game, Oregon winning that game, those things would be, you know, really, really helpful because the, the biggest thing that we need is the ability to stack up quality wins. And, you know, when, when I looked at this schedule back at the beginning, it Colorado was, plays Kansas. I, I, there we go. Colorado I, plays Kansas. Perfect. Yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, I don't see yeah. it, but <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either, but you know, it's, it's at least an opportunity, right? Um, when I looked at this schedule for us, I kind of went, well, you know, it's kind of tough and sneaky tough, right? You're playing a whole lot of mid majors that are actually pretty decent. You know, Mexico state's usually good every year. Uh, you know, South South Dakota state, State, right? Like we just kind of looked at Boise state. They very clearly scheduled a bunch of teams they thought would win their conferences. You know, these last three games, Weber state, South Dakota state, New Mexico state. Those are teams that are, you know, on the margin of of like would be uh, as they're kind of, they would be kind of like a you know like a ninth place Pac twelve team maybe in terms of like Ken Palm quality but they they run through some weaker conferences and right. so they know they can they'll probably stack up their net pretty high and all that yep um you know so there's some gaming 
in there. Yeah. Um, and they do provide tests, but then you lose the game and you're like, shit. Right. Like, <laughs> and then, and, but see, like when I looked at the beginning, I was like, well, you know, if you lose a few of these, I mean, that it really sucks. But also, eh, you know, you've, you've still got the whole Pac-12 schedule to pile up some good wins and, you know, you can you can recover from that. Well, then, you know, all of a sudden the, the conference goes to shit, <laughs> you know, and it's like what, whatever happened last year in the tournament was apparently a total illusion. You know, not not that anybody expected or Oregon State is obviously the, you know, the biggest example. But, you know, Oregon is is part of that. Uh, Colorado, you know, again, th- those are pretty looking like pretty borderline uh, NCAA tournament type teams um, right now. They, they don't have quality wins. Um, really, you're looking at UCLA, USC, and Arizona as the quality opponents with quality wins, and we don't play them that much. We play them. We have three games left, one against each of them, and that's it. And it's like, so that's the part where you know you might start to kind of eh, a little bit is you know the butt starts to pucker a little bit because um, I you know I don't know I just don't know how many opportunities you're going to have for for real quality wins. Uh, the rest of the way. And then, so if you're that fourth, fifth team out of the conference trying to make a case for the tournament, and then they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, distinguish between teams and they look at you and they go, well, you know, yes, these, you know, mid-major teams are pretty decent, but I mean, goodness, you didn't beat any of them. You know, you didn't beat New Mexico state. You didn't beat South Dakota state. You didn't beat, now we've got Boise state that could end up being a really good win again, but you got to win it. Right. Right. So I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think they put this schedule together thinking a certain thing about the conference and the conference has not held up its end of the bargain, which is scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's, it's just tough to build a resume at this point. Yeah. Yep. Cause if you look at their first, um, there's not a top 50 team, top 50 Ken Palm team until February when they play Arizona and that's the top 10 Kempom team. So right. there's just not a middle. You know, Oregon could play into it. Uh, you know, Colorado or Utah could play into it. Uh, but really the best team in terms of Kempom on their schedule until they play at Oregon is Boise State. Yeah. Um, so that there's just not a lot of like, it's almost like you look at it, it's like, well, we need to win a lot of these games. Like mm-hmm. almost all of them to mm-hmm. to if if we want to get to that Arizona at home game on Thursday February 10th and to feel like this is a big game that could you know get us into the tournament we need to win a lot of games before then like almost all of them cuz there are not that many good teams like I mean, winning on those road games would be huge, like the Colorado, Utah, Stanford, Oregon ones. Going maybe like three and one, and those would be great. Uh, two and two, at least, you know. Uh, or I guess if there's five of them. Um, uh, so like three and two in those, and then probably taking care of business at home. <laughs> so you're looking at. If you want to feel good about your tournament chances, winning like what how many games is that uh up until the Arizona game you got It's a lot. About 13, so like 13. 10 and 3, 10 and 3 over those games? Yeah. 
to, if you want to feel good about where you are, you know, obviously it's a moving, it's a moving target, but, but there are do, things that we do know that the committee likes and quality wins are one of those things that they probably overemphasize. It's probably the thing they like the most. Yeah. And there really is just not the, the closest thing. Those quality wins are going to be those road games at Colorado, Utah, Oregon, and Stanford. Yep. Yep. So you're going to have to get some of those. You're, you're going to have to get most of your home games. And and this team just went seven and four. Right. Uh, like, so. Never, never leaving home pretty much except yeah. for one trip to Arizona State. Tempe. And Idaho, right? <laughs> yeah, which doesn't count. Yeah, uh, like so. Which, yeah. which apparently had about as many Wazoo fans as Idaho fans. So. Yeah, probably more. Um, so yeah, so if if you're looking at getting to a point, can they win? Like, not how the team is playing now. They're not winning ten of thirteen. They're not winning nine of thirteen. Whatever over the course of those that those games. Uh, yeah, they could get healthy. Obviously, those guys have the flu. At you know, hopefully they recover. <laughs> it's like, um, but you know, sometimes the flu can fuck you up for a while. Like it, it can, it can make you feel like shit yeah. for weeks after if you have yeah, to actually do physical activity. Um, so hopefully they can get through these final two non-conference games. Winning that Boise State one would be huge. Build back a little bit of uh, goodwill. Um, do not lose to Northern Colorado. Uh, if yeah. they lose, if they lose to Northern Colorado, it's not not that necessarily they'd be dead for the tournament because you can always play yourself in, but it would just feel like no, they can't. They they don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not happening yeah. this year. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you know, there there certainly is a chance that they they sort of rip off a bunch of games in a row. You know, it's not it's not inconceivable. Again, it's you know, you look at these well, margins. See, they're like, bad. They're probably better than most of these teams. But yes. But it's just winning the games is like right. I mean, you're better than Colorado and Utah, probably, but also those are coin flips because you're on the road, and it's probably less than a coin flip because we know how they play. <laughs> you know, on that road trip, we know how that goes. So, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's I don't know, man. Like may, maybe some of this, you know, bad bad luck, I guess, in the close games. Maybe some of that comes back around. I. I I guess that's what you gotta kind of gotta hope for, right? Is that some of these games that are probably gonna end up close, that you know maybe we figure out a way to close them out, and you know maybe it's maybe maybe it's randomness that we end up you know ascribing you know some some sort of virtue to, right? <laughs> like yeah. say, oh, they figured out how to get tough. Like you know, I don't know. Um, I, I do think they lack toughness, but uh, yeah, I at do. The think same there's, time, it's there... there's other things too, and it's like. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe they can. Maybe they can rip a bunch off here, and they lack toughness. Um, and and then all of a sudden, we feel just different. Don't have a guy that can just keep things afloat when they're yeah. fucking around, right? So, yes. like, it's and and they're yeah, yeah. Especially defensively, someone who yeah. sets the tone defensively, someone who digs in. Um, you know, you, you would think Noah would be that guy. But I don't you know, know. what do you got? Like, the yeah, what do you got? The flu, man. That's kind of yeah. Weird. He's been sick. I mean, honestly, he's he's given it his best, but you know, he's he's playing his ass off. But you know, there's only so much you can do. And uh, we didn't even talk about the refs tonight. But it's like, yeah, I mean, fuck, let's, man. let's be honest. Like, if honestly, if that was an evenly, they shouldn't have been in that position. They should have beaten Correct. New Mexico by ten, twelve points. But Correct. If 
since they were in that position, it's a lot more obvious. Like they were, yes. they, they got ref. There was like, some it crazy was, shit. It was, it was crazy. I mean, most the, it, the one in the most high leverage situation was the very obvious kick out from Teddy Allen that Noah got yep. cal- called a, a, a foul on, give three free throws that effectively ended the game. Um, well, and then we come down the other direction and Michael Flowers gets his arm hit on yep. a, sh- on a three point shot and no call. And then it ends up, I mean, it, everybody just sort of, well, now, guy, now guys, TJ Bomba that, gets yeah, his put back and foul, yeah. but you know, but the difference between three free throws and two pretty significant when you're down by three points. Yep. So, yeah. So it's, it, and then there's a lot like the, I mean, Bomba got, hacked on a on a drive to the on a on a fast break uh there there's a lot of other kind of just uneven calls i mean wsu was going inside for a, an extended period of time um probably expecting to get fouled because they were calling it on the other end and they just weren't like they were sitting on two yeah. foul like utah state or sorry uh, New Mexico State was sitting on like two fouls for a long time, like, and then they got like a third on a on an offensive foul, and then there was, you know, t- uh, and I want to say Timmy Allen, that's his brother, Teddy Allen, uh, you know, an obvious chicken wing, which we saw Noah get called for God. two games ago, and we see so, players get called for all the time, like you could see the forearm on the defender's back, like it's not that. Dan Dickow thought see. that was a great no call. Yeah, he. Oh, he also wasn't <laughs> sure that Bamba got fouled. Yeah, the one where Bamba went in for the dunk, and you can literally hear the slap on the arm on the video, and it's like, what the hell? And oh, that's a good block, and then slap. They show the replay every time. Slap, 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 and Heister's like, I don't know, Dan. That looks like a foul to me. And Dan's like, well, you know, these refs do it. They do a great job, and it's like, like, does he get paid? <laughs> Like every time he says something positive about referees, it's the weirdest. It is honestly, it's the weirdest thing. It's the most bizarre, weird thing. How much Dan Dickow shills for the refs. Like, I'm like, what? Like, I guess like I would get it. Like if you were a player, you know, like, okay, you're trying to stay on their good side. You're trying to get the calls. Dude, you're a broadcaster. Like what? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, tonight was so irritating. Yeah, so irritating. All around. I mean, Noah shoots six threes, goes one of six. Yeah. His, his Down shot to 25% is just, on the year. Yeah. Um, you know, Bamba goes two of seven. So that he had, he was being very selective in his threes and then he's shot 15 in the last two games. Yep. Um, so, you know, probably they said, you know, he's been playing more too. That, but, yes. but still, like, he, they probably said, well, you know, if you can hit him, make him, but maybe he's just not, you know, at volume, he's not going to be that good, that good of a shooter. You know, no. you see then, uh, you know, Flowers was five attempt from three. Uh, he only took 13 field goal attempts overall. I kind of thought he, he was only 18% usage. I thought he was going to be like a 25 in that game with Noah being sick. And, you know, I thought he'd be able to probably usage. should be. He should be. Uh, right? you know, at the rate that he, at, at, at the efficiency with which he's scoring, uh, you know, he should be, but he, 
you know, I, I saw him pass open a wide open three to dish yeah. it to Bamba for a wide open three. I'm like, dude, you're the better three point shooter. You right. should shoot that shot. That's what I'm talking about with the Bonton factor. I'm like, Isaac Bonton's not passing up that shot. Right. For, for better or worse, you know, he's like, no, get, you know, climb on my back. Here we go. Um, you know, well, flowers, also- I think needs to be that guy. And he just, you know, for whatever reason, stepping into a new team or whatever, he just hasn't been, he, he just has not been that assertive. And I think they need him to be. Yeah. And, you know, outside of, outside of one game, Rodman, that one game against, uh, Weber state when everyone shot threes, like Rodman hasn't shot threes that well. He was over, over five today. Um, you know, so it's just like, you just look at these, these three point numbers and you're like, man, I, I don't know. There's still, it's just, they don't have a, a, a go-to guy in the paint who we kind of thought was going to be like Deshaun Jackson, uh, this year. But even when he was healthy, he was kind of struggling in the post, uh, get, you know, turning the ball over a lot when he would get post-ups and stuff. And, and FA just hasn't really, you know, he's added a couple moves, but he doesn't really use them that much. And he struggles with the double team and, yeah. Uh, and then Gay is just, you know, what can you say? He's a freshman. He's a high school yeah. senior, basically. He's playing and, too much, man. Yeah, he's playing. Like, like he, I don't think they ever expected to play it. Yeah. We've expected too much. Like, he – I think I think they got to move away. I, I don't know how, how you do that, but – I mean, um, I don't think you can. You got – I mean, with Deshaun Hurt, you can't. You yeah, have, with Deshaun Hurt. Play. I yeah, mean, you're not, not going that... to play uh, DeWolf out there for 25 minutes. No. No, you'd rather play gay, but still it's like, um, you know, he's, you know, tonight he scores six points in 24 minutes, one rebound, an offensive rebound. That's it. Um, his offensive rating was 127, but that's really just because he didn't. Because um, he hit a three. You know, didn't turn the ball over or anything, and he hit a three, which is great. He finally hit a three, so, you know, hooray. But, um you know, it's, 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 I don't know, man, he, he was pretty good against Weber, but, uh, when you look back at his last, you know, however many games he had, he had six tonight, five against South Dakota state, 14 against Weber state looked really good against Weber state, but you know, very small team. Well, I, th- I like, think the extremely small team yeah. four against USC, five against Arizona state, zero against Eastern six against Winthrop. So he's struggling, man. He's well, struggling pretty good. And uh, I, but I, like you said, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what else you do. Yeah. I, and the thing with him, like he just, he'll makes, uh, and I think it, it was with FA too, um, last year, people probably, um, gave him a little bit more credit because he makes these eye popping plays. Like he'll make a turnaround jumper that just looks amazing. He'll, 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 you know, right. d- a dunk or a block or something that just look incredible because we've just not had guys that could do that at WSU. But at the same time, these guys are young and they're, they're, they're not fully formed basketball players yet. And, and we shouldn't expect the world out of them. Um, And not only that, by the way, both those players, uh, limited game time, not, not just like in, in college, but just like overall. Right. So like players that grew up in the United States, you know, play, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of minutes of basketball at a pretty high level, whether it's their high school team or their AAU team or whatever. Um, you know, the, these guys, gay, Abagidi, um, you know, they, they don't have that. 
right? Because they didn't, they, you know, they, they're relatively late to the game. So um, I think I think that plays into it too. I think you see it especially when they're both on the floor at the same time. Things sometimes get a little clogged up. Spacing gets a little bad. Um, they just don't always have a good feel for where to go and, and where to be um, on the floor when um, – you know, when, when the ball, when they're on offense, cause they just are like, you know, just that, that's a thing that you get from playing a lot of minutes. Where's the soft spot in the defense? How do you make yourself available? Um, you know, those kinds of things. And, and those, those seem to be the things that, that both of those guys um, struggle with the most. Yeah. So, I mean, that this, to sum it up, this team has work to do if, you know, if they're going to get to that uh, that tournament that we kind of expected them to get to this year. Uh, but maybe just getting healthy will fix what ails them and, and we'll all feel stupid for freaking out. I don't know. Uh, but they definitely have to learn how to play together, and learn, need, a, need a little continuity. And and maybe, you know, we, we've seen Kyle Smith teams hit their stride in Pac-12 play each yep. of his two years. So hopefully if that yep. happens with this team, with the talent they have, that could look really good. So now I've talked myself into being less pissed off, but I'm still mad that they <laughs> lost. Still mad. Well, I wasn't mad at the South Dakota state game because yep. mostly it was just like South Dakota state was like going like, just like miss a fucking three. You guys like Jesus, like but, yeah. you shoot but, 10 of 16 from three. Yeah, with a lot but, of them contested. Yeah. But you know, it's not the, like they were all wide open or something. The New Mexico state game was just more frustrating yes, because that, that, that team just didn't, that, that felt like a team that they should have put away. And yep. Uh, it, yeah, it was just frustrating. So, but Hey, we got, uh, we got more games. It's basketball. They just keep coming. Um, but I do want to talk about, um, hold on one sec. Uh, I just got like, hold on this stuffy note. All right <laughs> there. Um, uh, so a, a team that has gotten some big, win, at least one really big win since we last recorded is the women's team. Um, yeah. you know, it, it feels like forever ago now. It is a week ago, but I think we recorded uh, the night before that game. But the Gonzaga game, like going into McCarthy and and coming back uh, from twelve down in the second half to beat Gonzaga at Gonzaga, and and you know the Gonzaga women's team isn't the stature of the men's, but they are good, and that is a very good win. Uh, that's a very, very good win. They're a top 25 net team. They're going to be around there. That's going to be a great, well, they're 27 now, but but, I mean, they're going to be in the top 25, uh, and they're, that's going to be a great win on the resume. Uh, come, you know, selection Sunday, a huge win. And, uh, it, 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 you know, this team, we talk about the men's team doesn't, you know, they can't, they, they're having trouble closing out games, all that. This team has shown that they absolutely can close out games. Their problem is starting games. Yeah, uh, they're but, the opposite, but right? they also have a superlative player that the men's team lacks, and that is Charlie Sledger Walker, who it's kind of funny. You watch these games, and she's pretty, uh, usually kind of a little bit deferential, trying to get other people involved. Probably at the direction of the coach, like, hey, we need more players. To, we can't just rely on you. You know, we can't, yeah. it can't just be you, you, you. 
Um, and then she misses some shots. You know, teams key in on her, so she takes some tough shots. Uh, but then she she gets to the second half, and if they're in a hole, she just says, "You know what? Like this is my game now." And she just t- t- over and over again asserts herself into the game, and and turns it. You know, plays a huge role in turning the tide. And and we also kind of see it with Bella too. Bella plays, you know, she kind of feeds off of if Charlize is playing well, Bella Bella play well too because the attention that Charlize is getting is kind of making things easier for Bella to get good, get in good position down low and and do her moves and score. And um, she's definitely got a little more efficient at finishing this year. Uh, but you know, they they both struggled shooting wise against Gonzaga, but. They grinded, and this team might be a legitimately like good defensive team with the addition of uh, Tara Wallach. Um, she's uh, you know coming off the bench now, but she's just a great defender, a six-two guard. She causes trouble on defense. She's still coming around offensively, uh, but she just causes trouble on defense. And they've just played really good defense, and they shut down a, a, a good offensive team in Gonzaga uh, throughout the game. And they, they shot so, so poorly in the first half. You, you just hoped that it would change, and it did for them. Um, yeah, they had 16 points at halftime. They got 35 in the second half to come back and win. Um, but that was super exciting. It was right as the men's team was walloping Weber State. So that was, you know, all, the basketball vibes were so good last Wednesday. Um, and just to get that, that huge, huge win. And then they followed it up, and it, and it, and it kind of looked like they were going to have a letdown against a bad team in Boise State. Uh, but again, uh, you know, Boise State has this, it's pretty funny. They had this, uh, this, uh, smaller guard, Anna Osley, who, um, I think probably doesn't generally shoot a lot, but she's a, she's a outside shooter. And she hit four threes almost all in a row to end the half, uh, in this, in the second quarter. And after WSU had come back and taken a, a lead, she just erased it. And they, the Boise State had the lead going in the, into the second half, and she was a big part of it. And I think that the players took offense to that because they kind of abused her after that. You know, like, um, yeah. uh, they, uh, so Ula, so late in the game, she went for a three while they were down like four, seven or something. Ula swatted her hard. And then I think Ula thought it was going out of bounds, so she started kind of like screaming and, and flexing. But then it, it didn't go out of bounds. Ostley picks the ball up, tries to shoot another three, and Ledger Walker fa- like blocks her. And then Ula knocks her over. They call a foul. It was it's a pretty funny sequence. It's like they 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 knew that that like maybe she was talking shit. I don't know. Like but they, they were like hell no. But yeah, just that second half. Uh, Charlize took over. She finished the game with 23. I think 19 of it was in the second half. Uh, she had the clinching steal. She just ripped the ball, um, out of the, out of the, uh, out of Boise State player's hand and took it the distance to score. And she really just, she's got that, she's got that instinct that no one on the men's team has. And, and so, you know, sometimes like, yeah, close games are luck, but also, uh, a superlative player who's good on both ends of the floor, like Charlize, uh, could could just take over a game at the end and, and win it for you, uh, which you know 
she's been doing. And, and, you know, to give credit to other players too, but, but really she, she kind of sets the tone. Um, and, you know, her sister kept them in the game early when no one else was really doing anything, but then her and, and Bella in the second half really, really came on and, and they, they were able to come back and, and win and kind of could, you know, take control of the game in the third quarter and kind of coast to victory in the fourth. And, uh, you know, it's good to get that win, you know, a close win over a bad team like that, you still drop in the, so it kind of, you know, in terms of net, it kind of undid the, what they got for beating Gonzaga. They kind of dropped back down, uh, for closely beating Boise state who is, let me, let me look real quick. Uh, 259th in net. So, uh, so yeah, um, it, it's, a uh, it, it's, um, it, it's a weird thing, but obviously what we talk about is the wins are important. They got that Gonzaga win. Their net's going to go up in Pac-12 play with a lot of the teams they play. Um, so yeah. getting uh, just a, a, a quality win on the resume going into Pac- before Pac-12 play even starts, which is what they did last year. They had to get them all in conference play, but now they have one out of conference play, probably two if you look at Miami as well. Um, so they're, they're, they're set up uh well for uh you know well Miami's at 79 but they could they could rise who knows um but you know they they have some nice wins and and now they're going to get opportunities and one good probably a little bit of good news for them i i don't know how they feel but uh um not good news overall but you know there's been a an omicron outbreak at Cornell so they've canceled all their athletics so the the women's team was going to play two consecutive days on the road, one Saturday in Provo and then Sunday in Corn at Cornell in Ithaca, New York, uh, two thousand miles apart, two straight days. But that uh, Cornell game was canceled, and so now that this is this BYU game on Saturday is their last game, and then Pac-12 play starts, um, and it's all Pac-12 play after that. So they got one more game, and then it goes. Yep. I don't know. I I, I I somehow pinged Siri there. I don't know what I said. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Nicely done. All right. So that was all me, Jeff. What what do you have to say? Yeah, well, it was, that was good. It was kind of like signing day. Like, you know, yeah. you paid attention to that, and I paid attention to signing day. And between the two of us, we know a lot of shit. So. Yeah, there we go. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, so – yeah, the BBYU they'll be nine and one with a couple yes. nice wins. That under BYU their game will be huge. That that's a resume maker type type of game, man. BYU is a good opponent. Uh, you know, like you said, yeah. Uh, BYU's you know, top. Uh, so BYU's twenty eight. Yeah, so that's that's an opportunity for a quad one win. And it's and honestly, it's a loss so. that probably wouldn't hurt them that much. <laughs> but correct, uh, it, 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 that's true. I mean, it, I think it really is kind of a. Kind of a uh, nothing to lose type game, and you know if they can pick that one up, then yeah, and then, I mean, that's the kind of stuff where you you know when you're looking at. I mean, look as the we Cornell know, game right, would have the, done nothing for them. Cornell correct two eighty two. They were just they were just filling out a schedule and, yeah, they, spot. They lost they lost so. a spot because another team bailed out on them. They had to fill it in late. They ended up with that weirdness. But Cornell, there was 
you know, good chance they lose that game because they just had to fly across the country overnight and play another game like at noon. So, and, and if you're playing the number 282 team in net, you're not getting anything good. So honestly, it's probably good that they're not playing it. Um, but yeah, now they can focus all their attention on this BYU game because getting this one and they are in very good position, like you said. Yep. Yep. You feel really good about that. And, you know, as we talked about, like the committee tends to, tends to grab onto like games where you show them what you can do. Yep. Right. I mean, that's kind that of how, how we they got, got in last, last year. year. Yep. Right. You know, beating, uh, you know, Arizona and it's just kind of like, and you UCLA. know, you, you, yeah. And UCLA, like you show them, Hey, we can compete at this level. That that's what you want to see. So yeah, this is, this is a good opportunity to do that. And, um, so, yep, I definitely will. I, I, I assume it's, it's available to be watched somewhere. Wax. So. I mean, so WCC, not wax, but so the, the, uh, the Gonzaga game was streaming on, uh, WCC. So I imagine the BYU one would be the same. Uh, but right now they don't have any, uh, usually on the schedule, they have like watch, watch how to watch it. But this one does not have that. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yep. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Cause I don't think they've had a preview up on the, on the site yet for it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll figure that out. You know, I imagine if, you know, if the WCC broadcast that last one, they might broadcast this one too. And it was free. So hopefully that, that happens again. Cause it's, could be an interesting one to follow there on what I think 11 a.m. on Saturday. So, uh, uh, you know, 12. The, the Cornell one was going to be at 11. Oh, no, it is 11. It's 11. Uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday, BYU. Check it out. Big game for the, uh, the WC women. Um, yeah. And I, honestly, you know, I was wondering about their quality a little bit, but. That Gonzaga game showed me they can play some D. And, uh, again, like having those good players, like gets you through. So, um, you know, they're, they're tight rotation, but, you know, maybe the, it'd be nice if the men could figure out their tight rotation and then then roll with it. They went with kind of a tight rotation tonight. Yeah. Because, Um, you know, maybe that was as much to do with injured. Yeah. (laughs) May have been as much to do with that as anything, but, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess that's, uh, we don't have like a million sports to talk about anymore. So that's nice. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess, uh, that's, that's it. That's all. Uh, we, I didn't think we were going to make it this far, but we did. Um, another hour and a half for your ears. Uh, so, um, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at the Craig Powers. If you don't already, give Jeff a follow at pod. VS everyone. Uh, I mentioned my Instagram earlier. If you like pictures of beer for the next couple weeks at Craig W powers. Uh, and, uh, if you want to send us an email with questions, comments, gripes, uh, that's podcast VS everyone at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Five stars would be preferable. Actually, just if you're going to leave a review, five stars, and you'll leave a comment. Whatever, tell people what you like about the show. Uh, maybe it'll it'll speak to them when they're they're perusing it on iTunes or whatever. Uh, tell a friend, you know, if you got a cougar friend. Yeah. I, I when I was walking out of the Apple Cup, uh, you know, I I this guy he asked me, "Are you are you Craig Powers?" I was like, "Yes," and and uh, 
and he's he immediately said, "Hey," to his friend, "Hey, this is the the guy on the podcast I told you about." And that's the part that made me feel good. I'm like, oh, you told your friend about my podcast. Yeah. That's so nice. So yeah, tell, you got Coug friends. They want they they complain that the Seattle media doesn't treat the Cougs well. You know, send them our way. We we, we talk about it. nothing but the Cougs for a goddamn hour and a half to two hours a week. So like, what more do you need? Plus, you get precedent on the podcast. You know, he'll he'll you know, outside of football, he he'll he'll come in probably every couple weeks, give you an episode and. And uh, so lots of content on this on this feed. Tell a friend. Yeah. Let's. It, it, the, the the winter is long. The nights are dark. You need you need something to listen to. You need to, you need to hear us dropping f bombs every other word. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. That's all, Jeff. And all that's left to say is go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs>